Welcome to Holy Savior Sermons, bringing you the weekend sermons given at Holy Savior Church. This morning, we continue our teaching series, Ready, Set, I just wanted to see if you were awake. Ready, set, go. In this series, you know, as we explore God's Word, we're really exploring what it means for us to be God's people here, this community of Jesus followers that we call Holy Savior, people who are about growing in Jesus and sharing his love. And we do that as we gather, grow, and go. Show of hands, how many of you have ever traveled on an airplane before? Yeah, you know, a lot of you have traveled by plane before. You know, it doesn't matter how many times you travel, there's a number of habits or practices that a lot of us incorporate into our travel life. For example, especially if you're traveling alone, you know, Maybe you've done this thing here where you get to the seat where you're going to be waiting for boarding your plane, you get your phone, your device, you plug in, and you block out the rest of the world. Anyone else do that? Just come, you, you go, yeah, come on. Okay, maybe it's not a device, maybe it's a book or something like that. Now, of course, if you've got family or friend, you're probably going to visit with them. Maybe. I've seen people, the whole family, we've done that. The whole family, where our noses are down like this. We're sitting next to each other. We're not talking to each other at all. You know, and, and, and if you're really skilled at it, you've got your, you know, earphones in or, you know, beats are on. And, and even as you stand in line to board the airplane, you can not really pay attention once on the phone. You're just cutting off anybody from talking to you. And you get to your seat, if you're really good at it, you, you don't put it away. You get to your seat, you sit down, your seat like this, because that person might talk to you if you um, ignore this device, right? That person like me, who might ask you a question. <laughs> you know, and, and, and so you, you just tune out the rest of the world. Yeah, and you do that, you know, and everything's good. And you're flying. I, again, I, I mean, I don't, it doesn't matter how many miles you've flown, you know, I think I have put in about 250,000 miles, if I add the numbers up right. That sounds about right. And for some of you, that's way more than what some of you have flown or ever will fly. And for some of you, especially if you travel for work, you've flown way, way more than that. One of my professors years ago had flown over a couple million miles, I think, already. He flew a lot. But, you know, there's some of the experiences that we have with flying. And maybe you've had this experience here. Again, you're, you're in your device, your book, you know, your, your eyes are closed, and you got the little thing on your eyes. And, you know, you're just cutting everyone else off in the world. And suddenly, you know, uninvited... Without warning, this terrifying experience happens where your stomach is in your eyeballs, you know, and the plane goes from like up here to down here like that. Anyone ever experienced that before? A few of you, those of you who have not, well, you just keep flying. It'll happen one of these days. You know, and, and when you do that, that person next to you that you were ignoring, the next thing you know, you are holding hands, white knuckled, terrified, praying, oh, dear God. That moment right there, that, that terrifying moment, and then suddenly it's over, you know, because the plane kind of levels out, and you're like, you look at the person you're holding, okay, we'll just go back to our own little world again. That kind of a moment, I can't think, when we talk about sharing our faith, telling others, talking to others about Jesus and what, you know, Jesus means to us in our lives, that for many of us, that is, is more terrifying than when the plane drops suddenly and you think you're going to die. Well, this morning, you know, we hear in the gospel, Jesus, with his disciples, is traveling back towards Galilee. And they stop in a Samaritan town, and, you know, there's going to be this conversation that happens. 
And, you know, whether Jesus knew that this woman was going to be here, and so he sent his disciples away. I love some of the translations. He sent his disciples away to get provisions. Go to the snack bar and get provisions. You know, uh, you know they went to get food, or whether they just went to get food, and, and then the woman came up. I mean, maybe he saw her in the corner of his eye, but they're out of the picture here, and Jesus is sitting at the well. And what time of the day is it? Well, I'll tell you what. Let's read the text. Make sure it's fresh in your mind. Let's read together. Jesus sat down by the well because he was tired from traveling. The time was about noon. A Samaritan woman went to get some water, and Jesus said to her, give me a drink of water. So Jesus is what? He's tired. This is not the first time Jesus has been tired. And so, you know, he sits down to rest. The disciples go off to get some provisions, some food. And this woman comes up to the well. Now, there's some things to remind you about Samaritans and Jews. You may know this. The Samaritan Jews did not have a good relationship. They had this deep animosity towards one another. They looked down on one another, and probably more so the Samaritans felt like the Jews looked down on them because the Jews saw the Samaritans as kind of these spiritual half-breeds. At one point, they were part of the kingdom of Israel. There was the North Kingdom and the South Kingdom. And over the course of time, as they were invaded, and then there was really kind of a civil war, they really divided into two different people groups. And the Jews saw the Samaritans as those who kind of gave in to the culture around them, began incorporating elements of other cultures and other beliefs into their own identity. They even intermarried. And so the Jews really would do all they could do to avoid going through Samaria. And yet here is Jesus sitting at this well. It's noon, it's hot, he's thirsty, and this woman's coming up to the well. And what is she doing as she comes up to the well? Well, first of all, it's noon. And so, you know, when Jesus asked the question, can you give me a drink of water, she says, you know, what? She had her earplugs on, and she was just, no, she didn't have any earplugs on. There's no earplugs those days. But, you know, you kind of imagine, this is kind of what she was like. She was there at noon. Nobody went to get water at noon. It's a hot part of the day. She went there at noon because she wanted to do what? Avoid everybody, especially some Jewish man. And she's like, how is it that you, a Jewish man, would ask me, a Samaritan woman, for a drink? I mean, not only because you're a Jew and I'm a Samaritan, but you're also a man and I'm a woman. Just why? And, you know, I kind of wonder, you know, was she a bit inquisitive? Was she kind of sarcastic and snappy? You know, how is it you, a Jewish man, would ask me, a Samaritan woman, for a drink? I don't know. I just match my brain. That's when I read it. I read it like that. Come live in my brain for a few minutes. No, don't. This is kind of a crazy place. Uh, you know, that, that he, he has this conversation. And, you know, and I imagine she, I think she gives him the water. She's like, you know, ask the question. She's like, all right, I'll give you some water. And he's, you know, he's drinking the water. And the conversation continues as Jesus is drinking the water there. And he's like, you know, well, if you knew the kind of, you know, drink that I could give you, you know, it's, it's going to be something better than what you have. And she's like, are you better than Jacob? Jacob, who gave us this well, you know, guys, you guys know who Jacob is? Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, you know, and who gave us this well for his children, his grandchildren, for all their livestock. You, are you better than him? Again, I think it's kind of a snarky remark, you know. I don't think it's, you know, pious, are you better than our father Jacob? I think it's, oh, so are you better than our father Jacob, are you? Hmm. And Jesus is like, well, if you knew the kind of water that I could give you, you would ask me for a drink, you know. I'd give you water that is living water. 
water that will quench your thirst. That you will be so relieved, so refreshed with this drink that you will never be thirsty again. Of course, she is thinking, oh, great, I'll never have to go to this well again, never be thirsty. And Jesus is thinking not physical thirst, but spiritual thirst. You know, and the conversation, you know, goes on. As he's, you know, they're talking, conversing. Jesus is drinking water. Maybe, you know, he says more, and she gives him more water. And, and, you know, she continues beginning to get into this conversation with Jesus. And as they're conversing, you know, he, they're talking about Jews and, and, and the Samaritans. And Jesus says, you know, well, you, you Samaritans, you worship God on this temple. They have their own temple. You know, and we Jews, we worship God in this temple. But then Jesus kind of, you know, loves the playing field a little bit. He says, you know what, we're... Both groups can be wrong or misguided if they think it's all about the temple. Because ultimately, God's Spirit leads us to worship God in truth. To worship the Father in truth. You know, and the woman's like, wow, you know, like, you must be a prophet. I mean, you, wow, you, you know these kind of things. And especially after he says, you know, she's like, give me this drink. And he says, like, okay, well, get your husband. Oh, I don't have a husband. Um... I don't, yeah. And he's like, yeah, you're right, you don't have a husband. The fact is, you've had how many husbands? Five. And the guy you're with now, not your husband. Again, we don't have any details. We can make some assumptions about what that all means. But, you know, Jesus, being Jesus, knows. And he calls her out on this. But in doing that, you know, she's like, wow, you must be a prophet. Because you see things that, that are not obvious I mean, something was obvious because you're getting water the middle of the day, but the details of what Jesus knew. And then they start having this conversation about the Messiah. She's like, I know when the Messiah comes, you know, that, that he's going to reveal all things. And then Jesus ultimately says, now, right here, I am the Messiah talking to you right now. And this woman, this, this conversation, this, this changes her. You know, she, she leaves her water jug. She goes back into her town, and she begins talking and telling everybody about what happened. And she's asking the question. She's posing the question, do you think this guy could be the Messiah? Now, some things to keep in mind. Again, she was getting water in the middle of the day, which means she didn't want to have a conversation with anybody. She was kind of like sitting in the airport, facing the device, Earplugs, you know, or earplugs, earphones, you can do earplugs too, I guess. Earphones in, ignoring everyone else, and now she is, she's got to tell everybody. You know, as we talk about, you know, that fear that we have, I don't know for you, I mean, one of the greatest fears we have sometimes as followers of Jesus is kind of like having that conversation with somebody, whether it's a complete stranger sitting on an airplane, that's the kind of thing I do, just talk. Um, or someone you know. And a number of years ago, we've talked several times about this framework as a way that we can think about how we can converse with others about Jesus. Because sometimes we make it so complicated. Like you have to have 30, 40, 60, 80 hours uh, of work, you know, and study to be ready to share and to talk. But there's a real simple framework. It's a framework we've shared before. Before I put it up there on the screen, I'm going to see if you can remember what it is. It's three A's. Okay, just so I don't want to embarrass the people who do remember and for the ones who don't remember, because some of you probably, well, we'll see. We'll put it on the screen so you know what it is. Ask, admire, admit. Some of you say, like, oh, yeah, 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 
Yeah. You know, I like this. This is from Dare to Share, if you're familiar with Dare to Share. I like this because this is a framework that I use. I didn't use the words, ask, admire, admit, but I like this framework because it's an easy way to remember how I do it. It's also, I think, an easy way for us to think through how we, too, can have conversations with people. The first thing that we do is we ask a question. And we ask that question, we ask a question, we ask a question to, to engage them in conversation. We ask the question to engage them, not to enrage them. I mean, think about this. Jesus asked a question when he started the conversation, you know. You ask a question to engage, not to enrage. You ask a question because you want to be curious about this person. You focus on, you know, commonalities, not differences. So you ask a question. The other is you admire. You admire what you can about what they believe. That doesn't mean you accept what they believe. You may not say, hey, what you believe is right and what I believe is right. But we can say, hey, you know, I can appreciate that, you know, how your values, your ideas have shaped your life. Because ultimately that leads us to the opportunity to talk about what shaped our life. And we admit. We admit Jesus and how he has shaped our story. How he has shaped our lives. How his love, his forgiveness, his peace, his presence has shaped us. And I think, you know, if we look back into the story, we see that Jesus kind of follows this framework. You know, not that dare to share God it from this gospel story. But I think, you know, we see Jesus doing this. Because the first thing Jesus does is he asks a question. What question did Jesus ask? God, you guys are sleeping. He goes, can I have a what? A drink. Yeah, it's a simple question. Not a profound question. He didn't have this big book that he had to memorize. He didn't have a written kind of elevator speech that he was going to memorize with questions or something like that. It wasn't a confrontational question. It was just simply a question to engage and a very practical need. Can I have a drink? And then Jesus, I think, admires he admires, you know, what she believes. He doesn't say she's right, but he admires what she believes and saying, well, you know, you Samaritans and, and we Jews, and, and even in admiring that, he, he levels the playing field. He, he builds a bridge. Sometimes, you know, when I've seen, you know, programs about how to share your faith, or I've known some Christians who are just excited to share Jesus, but they share Jesus by pounding him into your head. Some of you, maybe you know people like that, or I've met people like that, or maybe you've been a person like that. But they, their, their goal is that, you know, we're going to engage forcefully, and almost in a sense enrage you, and, and we're going to look for, for differences, we're going to point those out. But admiring means that we build bridges, that as we listen, we're looking to level the playing field, because ultimately, we know Scripture says that all of us have sinned and fallen short of God's expectations, that all of us need Jesus. And so here, Jesus, in this encounter, he's listening to the woman. He says, you know, you Samaritans say we have to worship God on this mountain in your temple. And we Jews say it is in Jerusalem. And Jesus says, ultimately, both groups are off the mark here. Because ultimately, it's not about the place that we worship God. It's as God's spirit leads us to worship the Father in truth. As we worship the Father in spirit and truth. See, Jesus levels the playing field. And then to admit, I mean, to admit is to point to Jesus. Now, Jesus, because, well, he is Jesus. He is the Messiah. He gets to say, I'm here right now. I'm the Messiah talking to you right now. The one that both you, the Samaritans, and the Jews have waited for. I'm here. Ask, admire, admit. 
As we think about that for our own lives, because again, our series that we're in the midst of is Ready, Set, Go. And it's that call for us to go. And to go wherever, you know, we may be, wherever God places in our lives. And sometimes it could be a stranger. Sometimes it's that person that's sitting next to you on the airplane or in the airport that wants to have a conversation with you. And you're like, okay, God, I'm going to take these out of my ears and converse. Sometimes it's a person sitting next to you on, you know, watching the ball game. And you think about, again, questions you have to ask. They don't have to be these profoundly deep questions. Sometimes it simply starts with a simple question. You know, if you're watching a ball game and you don't know the people sitting next to you, and you simply may just say, so which ones are you watching out here? You ask the question to get the conversation going. And sometimes these conversations, these questionings, it's not just a one-time moment. It could be an ongoing conversation with a neighbor, a co-worker, classmate, a friend. We ask questions so that we can engage. We ask questions so that we show curiosity about them. And then we admire. We admire what we can about what they believe. We, we admire so that we can listen. Again, that doesn't mean we have to accept what they believe. They might have some really crazy, off-the-wall ideas. But we're looking to engage them. We're looking to build bridges to have conversations with them. And, of course, we're reminded in Scripture that really we're all on the same playing field. Because all of us have fallen short of God's expectations. Fallen short of God's glory. All of us, each and every one of us, needs Jesus. And then we admit. We admit Jesus and our story. We admit how Jesus has shaped our lives, how his love, his grace, his forgiveness, how his peace, his healing, how he's enabled us to reconcile relationships, to forgive others, to forgive ourselves, to live with hope even in the midst of the craziness of this world. We admit Jesus and our story. And if we're going to be about growing in Jesus and sharing his love, then this framework of ask, admire, admit can be a great framework. It is not the only framework. If you have your own that works for you, you can use your own framework. But the ask, admire, admit provides us that framework so that we can share Jesus' love as we encounter people each and every day. And as we do that, I'm going to give you a, a challenge. And the challenge as we go into this new week is this. This week, think about Jesus in your story. Take, a, take at least like five or ten minutes, even if it's just today, and think about Jesus and your story. How has Jesus shaped your identity? How has he shaped your relationships with other people? How has he enabled you to forgive or to live in his forgiveness? How has he helped you overcome struggles and tragedies and brokenness in your life? Jesus and your story, because your story and my story, while there might be similarities, our stories are always different. But that, that's what makes your conversation with someone unique, is that your story is your story. And your story is Jesus in your story. So again, take some time to this week, at least five or ten minutes, even just today, and think about Jesus and your story. And then next week, next week when you're, we're back and we're gathered together again, we gather again for worship, we're going to explore that a little bit more. We're going to help you kind of put some framework for how you can see Jesus in your story and kind of think through, if I were to share my story, how would it naturally flow from me in a conversation that I would have with somebody else? Let's pray. Lord God, we give you thanks and praise for the gift of this day. 
Lord Jesus, we give you thanks and praise as you had this conversation with this woman at the well. Lord, as you revealed to her in that conversation her own brokenness and need for a Savior, and it revealed yourself as a Savior. So we also know, too, that you call us to be willing to have conversations with others, to, through our words and our actions, share your love. And Lord, that is a love that we have experienced so many times in our lives. Sometimes, Lord, we take it for granted. We don't think about it a whole lot. But, Lord, there are also those moments we especially think about how your love has shaped us, how your grace and mercy poured out into us through your death and resurrection, Jesus, makes us who we are. Holy Spirit, help us to think on this, to ponder this, to reflect on this, and, Lord, even to overcome that fear of just that simple question to begin a conversation so that we can share Jesus with someone else. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. For more information about Holy Savior, including service times and location, please visit holysavior.org. Thanks for listening, and until next time, God bless.